What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode here of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I'm your host, the fellow KGB, and we are joined tonight by John Heffernan. What's going on, man? Thanks for hanging out. Hey, man. What's up? What's up? Um, how are you doing, Kyle? It's Tuesday. It's uh, it was it was 40 degrees here in Milwaukee. It was it was a really weird, just like this is like spring weather kind of day, and like all the snow started melting. So it was it was a pretty pretty exciting day as far as spring goes but uh you're in chicago i don't know if chicago had good what did they have I, I could not i could not tell you how glorious the day was here in chicago it's 47 yep. very sunny and and atypical for chicago not much wind at all and yeah. i live i live right by the lake so if I'm not if I'm not feeling much wind, most people in the city aren't feeling much wind, and and that makes for a very warm day in February, in late February, which is not known for warm days. So uh, very happy. I, I, I went for a jog outside actually, and it was uh, I think easily the first time I ran outside in February, and it was brilliant. So the spring teas. So uh, <laughs> absolutely. We got, you know, potential for other bullshit happening. But anyways, it was a beautiful day, beautiful Tuesday. We got some NBA action tonight, but I did want to get into this. We got the NBA All-Star Reserves have been revealed. We know who the top five guys were in each conference. We can I can pull that up if you guys want to look at it. Uh, but we have some, you know, guys making their first NBA All-Star appearance. That's Jalen Brown down here. I believe it's Zach Levine's first All-Star appearance. And then yes, yes. Um, uh, not his first and- appearance, not his first appearance at All-Star Weekend, but first appearance in the all-star game and then zion as well so we had four new additions to the all-star cast zion jalen brown zach levine and julius randall so that was pretty cool uh i'm, I'm hoping that there can is there going to be a rookie sophomore game this year i haven't looked to see if that's going to happen i don't believe so i think all they're doing is the all-star game and then i think they've kicked around at halftime so they would make halftime like a very ex- an extra long extended halftime and at halftime, they were going to do some sort of mini dunk contest. That is what I've heard. And and beyond that, they're not doing any other like basketball events, um, given the pandemic. And I, I I could be mistaken, but that stuff that's pretty close to what I've heard. And then here are just the starters, real quick. It looks like Bradley Beal got, gets to start for the East. That's pretty nice. Uh, wasn't he snubbed? Bradley Beal was snubbed last year. The the only bad thing about my 2020 was Bradley Beal didn't make the all, NBA All-Star team. Chris Middleton, I guess, stole his spot. So I guess it was uh, technically corrected, I guess, this year. But anyways, this is going to be a fun – I think the East-West this year, now that Durant's in the East, and then you also got James Harden coming off the bench. Like, whew, like this is, this is going to be uh, one for the East, I think. But anyways, really exciting All-Star game. That's going to be Sunday, March 7th. So we're going to be going into – a break pretty soon here for the uh, the fantasy basketball schedule. It looks like the last day of games is going to be Thursday night, March 4th. So I don't know if we'll do any shows during that all-star break week, but uh, we do have two weeks or so left of, of some fantasy basketball going on. And then now uh, Aiden brings another uh, important thing here is uh, no Demonis Sabonis. Did, did, did he not make the list? I don't think I saw him on the list. Go back to the list. I Go back to the list. I'm, I'm Kyle. I'm, I can't, th- there was one thing we talked about at the beginning of the show about the, the number of teams that miss games. Yep. And I, I'm kind of having to DIY the list a little bit. Um, so I'm multitasking a little bit. But, okay. if, but, but Aiden, thank you for pointing this out. Because if Sabonis did not make the team, which Aiden is 100% 
correct. Um, unless he wasn't a starter, was he? No way, I would assume. I guess um, so. On the other side. Yep, good call. So yeah, Sabonis missed it, which is a massive snub. I mean, I'm a big Vucevic fan, um, and I'm a big Levine fan. Um, but man, those guys are. I don't know. And they're having solid years, but Sabonis is really playing quite well. If you hard, were, to, hard to leave a guy like that off. If you were to take somebody out for Sabonis, who do you take out? Like, does Simmons deserve it? Like, Did Simmons have like a, a, an amazing half of the year? I think you could easily take Vucevic, Simmons, or Levine off, and I would be totally fine with it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with one second. You know, you could rank those guys in different ways. Sure. But those three are the weakest, you know, on the roster. There's, I don't know, and they're having good years. There's nothing against them. They're just, they're just. I think there are some better players in the East. I'm pretty sure this. I think Vucevic is having a career year, so I'm totally cool with him being left in the cast. I think it'd be between Levine and Simmons. One of those two, I think, could be bounced for, uh, for our guy there. We 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 absolutely should look up the Vucevic stat line at some point because I feel like I'm super disrespecting him right now. Um, he's gonna be like some like some sort of like 25-10 with like really good assist situation. And I'm gonna be like, okay, never mind. All right, so on the season, he's averaging 24.1 points, 11.7 rebounds, 3.6 assists, a steal, and about half a block per game. And no turnovers, though. Good Lord. That's impressive. I mean, 1.6, but, like, that's, that's – that's, and he's a big guy, but in but the offense runs through him a lot. Very – he's he's impressive. Um, the, in- the, 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 the entire Magic, they are, they're not a great team, but they just – they go around him. He'll take, you know, he and he always brings a really good game of basketball to the floor. So uh, he's he's awesome. How about this with the our scoring system here? He's averaging just as many fantasy points as LeBron James per game this year. So I I think Vucevic he he it's well deserved. I think that's really awesome that he was able to get in there. So I don't know Sabonis though. That was probably for me. That's the biggest snub. I would agree there. Uh, with Aiden for sure, and then I don't know. Did Trey Young get snubbed? Did Trey Young not sneak in here? Trey Young's not starting. I mean, if Trey Young's not starting, then what the heck's going on here? Did Trey Young get snubbed here? No, Trey Young. Wow. Well, I guess I mean the starters are the right choices, though. I mean, yeah. you you could you could argue Giannis a little bit, but his stats are just so stupid. Yeah, and the rest are and the rest are just obvious. So, so this, these are technically the players in the NBA. Uh, you see, Jokic, Giannis, Luca, Harden's technically you know better points per game than Durant, but I don't know if some of his rocket numbers are into that as well. Uh, but Dame Lillard, Damian Lillard could be you know a starter. I think in this in this, uh, Aiden kind of called out the Dame top five disrespect. Uh, it's gone a little too far. I could see Dame starting in this, but then you got to pull out Curry, and I don't think I don't know if he can do that. Maybe Kawhi should come off the bench. I don't know. You could pull out Jokic and move like LeBron to small forward or something. Yeah. Um, like, or excuse me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't know. It's. Uh, I, I think the West looks pretty solid. You know, you could remove Kawhi too, I suppose. But I just interchange. I, I think the West looks about right. Man, this is a. I really, I really enjoy having Durant and I guess now Harden into the East. I, I mean, that game's going to be pretty wicked. 
Um, but anyways, I don't know. What are we going to get into? Have you found anything on that list? Because we were talking off air about teams that have missed the most amount of games due to COVID or whatever reason, and that teams that need to make up games in the second half of the year. Because we still don't know the the schedule for fantasy basketball or real basketball the rest of the way after the All-Star break. So we were kind of thinking maybe maybe there's players and teams that have like an extra seven or eight games that might you know be potential trade candidates for us. So I, did you find anything, John, or do you, do you want me to look some stuff up? Um, no, no, I'm, uh, I've got the official list from the NBA. I think the problem with it is, um, it's in this format and I need, I was, I was, I was trying to figure out a good, just a really quick way to, um, Off the like top do, a, do a little count, but yeah, there's a lot of, there, there's teams that I've noticed like the Grizzlies that I think have four or five missed games. Uh, teams like the Spurs and, and the Hornets that at least have like two or three, um, and there's and there's quite a, a few other teams that pop up here multiple times. Most of the teams I think pop up only once though. Um, but uh, you know the Wizards missed a handful of chunks. I can see their name at like maybe four or five times. I got six times. I got a lot of Wizards on my uh, on my mind. Right now, now you have to pay attention to one of these things. Um, if you look, so some of these have little annotations to the right. So this February seventh Blazers Hornets game that has officially been moved to the second half of the season. This this Wizards Hornets game is being played has already been played actually, and so some of these games are in fact like being played in the first half of the schedule. So that's what I like about this list too. It's like doesn't tell you like the number per team but at least it tells you like when the next game is too so Perhaps after the show i'll make like a little google sheets thing and we can tweet it out and uh just make sure we get the list of uh, all the teams that are going to be playing more games but i don't I know thought it was a, i thought it was a strong stronger multitasker because i'm trying to do both right now but i'm i'm failing at making the list because <laughs> talking about basketball is just too much fun <laughs> So I will, I will kind of carry over the workload for a little bit here. I guess in the chat room, if you guys have any specific topics or players you guys want us to look at. Otherwise, I'm just going to filter by the last seven days and look at the whole NBA and just kind of see who's like been just been playing out of their minds lately. Um, so I'm just kind of filtering again by the last seven days. I'm looking for someone that kind of sticks out. Nobody on that first page there. Uh, David Nawaba. Can I talk about David Nawaba for like a minute real quick? Please, take all the time you want. So the reason I was interested in Mr. David Nawaba was, one, because of NBA Top Shot. He's got a pretty sick dunk available on the NBA Top Shot website. And I just noticed in the last few games, because Victor Oladipo, and I can't remember who else it was, um, they had another guy that was out and it was allowing him to get Eric Gordon. So no Eric Gordon and Oladipo lately for the last week or so. And Nawab has been just getting, you know, really healthy starter minutes. And when he gets the opportunity, he's been a really good scorer. I think he just tied his career high 22 points and nine rebounds last night against Chicago. He went off for 40.75 fantasy points. And then a couple nights ago, about a week ago, actually, he put up 43.25 fantasy points. So he's on a really nice trend here. And as long as Oladipo and Eric Gordon are going to be missing action. David Nawaba has been one of the best uh, probably buys and ads that you can get right now. He's less than 5% owned too, and he's averaging over 20 points per game on the season. But if you filter by the last seven days, all of a sudden he's averaging almost 34 fantasy points per game. So David Nawaba, uh, interesting player. I think he's got three more games to go the rest of the week. So he, he's the first one that sticks out because the way I filtered was by the last seven days. And then I'm just looking down for oh. rostered. And he, look, at, look at Halliburton. Oh, my God. Yeah. And 
it's just, I mean, he's, he's all over, you know, like ne- I think next year, like we're going to be talking about how high do we take a guy like Tyrese Halliburton. He's playing tonight right now against Brooklyn. That might be a fun game to kind of tune into. Uh, but the, the dude has arrived. Like, the, like I just want to, let's, let's pull up the, have we talked about the Sacramento Kings on this show at all? I don't um probably not probably not much um but yeah Halliburton is I don't know something about him he's got that it factor which you absolutely need to have if you're going to play point guard in the NBA I mean it's just a a prerequisite um if you can't control the floor if you can't if your guys can't like follow you in the battle it's just not going to work out and and one Halliburton is absolutely that kind of player and it's it's fun to see those guys establish themselves so early in their career i mean not a lot of the great greats can do that so i'll be interested to see how he how he produces going forward so i mean he's obviously he starts with De'Aaron fox do they primarily use him as the two when fox is in the lineup and then they let him play the point when fox needs a breather um like i said i haven't i just i think i think halliburton is he's such a good basketball player he i mean he can fit with he fits nice and neatly with another point guard another super De'Aaron fox is super ball dominant and Halliburton just fits like a glove right next to him. I think you take a guy like Fox away and maybe replace him with more of a shooting guard or a small forward. I think Halliburton, you know, just his assists maybe even double. Mm. And um, certainly his turnovers would skyrocket too. But, um, I mean, he's just – he can do what you need him to do. I, uh, I think he's, gonna, he's a really fascinating chess piece for a basketball team right now. I was going to say, I have a player that he kind of reminds me of. I've seen him a little bit, uh, but he kind of reminds me of Malcolm Brogdon, a guy who's not super, super gifted uh, with any like one talent, but a guy that's just good at everything. Um, and, and Malcolm Brogdon kind of can fit anywhere. He doesn't need to play. He doesn't need to have the ball in his hand to be good. He can if he needs to, but he's kind of just like this utility point guard that uh, if, he, if the points aren't falling, he's going to find other ways to get into the box score. So I like Halliburton quite a bit. Now, I was, I was also looking at, because they got De'Aaron Fox, Halliburton, and uh, Buddy Heald. Like, there's no way they're going to be able to keep all these guys around for a while. I wonder if Buddy Heald's going to potentially be, I don't know, just thinking out loud here. But over the last, this is filtered by the last 15 days, and Marvin Bagley is their leading scorer. Actually, he's their second leading scorer. Hold on here. So De'Aaron Fox, 38.3 points per game the last 15 days. But Marvin Bagley averaging 33.3. And he had a 50-point game against Chicago, 26 and 11. He's been racking up some double-doubles. I think Rashawn Holmes has been injured. Uh, but you're starting to see. Wasn't he the former second round, second overall pick? Yes. Uh, he was sandwiched between Aiton and Doncic. Um, I, maybe 2018, 2019. Uh, don't quote me on the year, but maybe 2019, 2020. I don't know. Um, time moves fast, but, uh, Bagley is incredible. Um, he's, uh, a guy I've invested in, in NBA top shot. And, um, I like this kid. He's uh, he's a good basketball player. He, health. I think health is all is his big concern. Um, he's not a great defender, but you know, he's also a Sacramento King. So that's not necessarily something that's going to keep him off the floor. Um, I like him. I think he's got, and I think he's got a lot of room to grow too. He's probably 22 at this point, maybe maybe even 21. Um, he's he's a great player. So I think 
like one of the reasons why he had a nice little you know increase in numbers is Rashawn Holmes missed a couple games. I really like Rashawn Holmes as a player, uh, and he's technically the like the the actual starter at the five spot for them. Uh, but all of a sudden, like you see Marvin Bagley's numbers start to tip up a little bit. Like, you know, if you look here at end of January, you see 22, 20, 26, 22 minutes, sometimes in the teens, just in the last handful of games, you see 29, 35, 24, 21, starting to just get those ramped up a little bit in the upper 20s and even mid 30s. So like one of my things that I've been thinking about is especially for a team like the Kings, these teams that are fringe bubble teams potentially or um teams that aren't going to make the playoffs like they're going to continue to play their younger players as the season wears on um i i wouldn't mind trying to get bagley in, in a deal if, if you can buy low on this opportunity right now because rashawn holmes and Sam whiteside both those guys have been very injury prone they both miss a lot of time whiteside's been kind of um he's just so hot and cold he's not i don't really think the kings like his output right now so i'm kind of really into marvin bagley i don't know if there's anything else for you here on on the sacramento kings any final thoughts um i don't know if i would try to i wouldn't sell the farm for bagley but yeah if you could get them for like one of your kind of mid-tier guys that you're not in love with um or something less than that sure absolutely um he's i don't have anything else on the kings i think um i think aiden aiden just said cj's coming back soon is that cj mccollum are we talking cj mccollum over here I'm not sure, not to change the subject, but I think we covered them no. enough. But um, I haven't. I, I think haven't, we did too. I think we did. We probably covered them enough for the entirety of the history of the pod. We'll, but we'll, we, we'll, we'll be back. We'll be back. We'll in April and we'll see what's going on. Uh, but here's some good news on CJ McCollum. This was from a week ago, but it said he'll be reevaluated in two weeks. So this was February 16th. Today is the 23rd. So we're a week away from him being reevaluated. He had a checkup last Tuesday. And uh, it looks like he could return before the All-Star break, which would be pretty crazy. They can maybe get him just a little bit of conditioning in for the All-Star break. So I don't, check, check in with the CJ McCollum owner and see what, they're, uh, see what they need. If they're a team that needs a win, you know, the next week or two, just offer him, you know, a low ball one for CJ McCollum. He did have that broken. I think it was the foot. I don't know if it was broken or what the issue was. I can't remember. But uh, interesting potential buy low there for CJ McCollum. Should we cover any other like injured players here that might be able to help us down the stretch? Um, hmm. IR eligible. Yeah, yeah. Look at the uh, yeah. Look at the list. Five um, percent rostered. So of course, like Kevin Durant. Um, how long has he been out for? He's got a hamstring injury. He's ruled out for Tuesday's game. Yeah, hopefully this isn't news to people. If you can get Kevin Durant on your fantasy team, right. you should probably try to do it. I don't care what kind of injury he has. Um, he, he'd be, if someone is willing to sell sell him low right now, I would go uh, make some moves. I think the the way to ask, like if if the Kevin Durant owner is frustrated, or if he if he's like maybe five hundred, he you know he needs a win or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, maybe just just say, hey man, what what do you want for Kevin Durant? Like it, it's you don't have to go hard for him, but just just poke around and see, hey, you know, what are you doing with Kevin Durant over there? He keeps missing games. You need some you need some points now, man. And then of course Anthony Davis. We kind of talked about this last week, um, but I don't know. He's facing he's facing a four week recovery timetable. I think that's we didn't cover this. Um, last, I think last Tuesday we covered this, but we didn't get this four week recovery timetable. I think it was told as two or three weeks. So we're not yeah, that's true. We may not see him till till April. Um, you gotta you gotta assume maybe all of March for for Anthony Davis. 
Um, so how? Um, all of March. So yeah. So he won't come back until the second half. Then Kyle, is that basically yeah. what you're telling me? Yeah. yeah. He's out until the All Star break at least. So if you have Anthony yeah. Davis on your team, how how would you handle this, John? Well, I would I would hope my commissioner was wise enough to install an IR slot first off, um, mm-hmm. so I can take advantage of that because Anthony Davis is exactly what you would use an IR slot right for now right now. But after that, I would just – you're not really replacing him. Um, you know, maybe we could look at some kind of, you know, 50% rostered and lower power forwards so I could give the people – and, and, and I, he has center eligibility too. So, honestly, you're probably leaning on him pretty heavily for center. So, you might need some center help too. But I would just kind of look – work the waiver wire. You know, I think we talked a lot last week about the opportunity for the other players in Anthony Davis's role – um, while he's out. And, you know, if you can get Kuzma for a very cheap price or if he's somehow not rostered, I would run and do that. I would run. Um, maybe not run to a trade, but if there's someone very much expendable on your team that you could trade for Kuzma, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid to do that. And, um, yeah, some interesting like power forward center types for you if you need somebody like um, I mean I think we talked about Wendell Carter Jr. returning a, like a week or two ago and he's still under fifty percent owned. Mm, wow, Great. that's surprising. I mean, if yeah, so an AD owner like this is this is one of the answers for you. He's about forty seven percent owned. And then have you checked out the stats on Robert Williams the third lately for for Boston? Um, not lately, but I, I've definitely been hearing some very impressive things and, and I've, he's been one of the people on my watch list this year. Yeah. So three of, you know, three of the last four games, he's been over 30 points, almost up to 40. Uh, the minutes are still not there, but you'd like to see him hit the twenties. He wasn't really consistently hitting these marks. So if you look at his last seven day stats compared to his season, minutes are up, the points are up, the boards are up, the assists are up, the steals are up, and the blocks are up, and the turnovers are down. Literally everything is green here for Robert Williams. <laughs> go, go, go. Hey, even his jersey. Um, I would I would say uh, he's absolutely a really interesting pickup. Um, his ownership was higher than I thought it would be. Oh, no, 21%. Um, yeah, he's great. He's great in, 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 in rising, certainly. I think this parentheses means like, in the last seven days. So his, his percent rostership has shot up over last these, these last few big games. But uh, uh, Brad Stevens says he would like to get his, uh, his playing time up towards the end of the season. So this is a guy that maybe after the all-star break, you're going to start to see him maybe, you know, hit maybe 24, 25 minutes per game. I think that, I mean, at this point in such a small sample size, this dude's getting, he's doubling up his minutes for fantasy points. So you see 21 minutes, Almost 42 fantasy, you know, he's, he's basically a, a two points per minute fantasy player. So you love to see that. Robert Williams, uh, only 21% owned. So I'm, I'm a big fan there. We got an interesting question here from Aiden in the chat room. Uh, and this one's, this one's pretty good. Um, so DeMarcus Cousins was dropped in a 12-person uh, league. His worst player is Anthony Edwards. Should I pick up, um, should I look to pick him up? Top teams trying to get him like Laker Blazers. And, so... I, don't, I don't, would definitely hold Edwards because Aiden, you have five points per three-point shot. So Edwards shoots a lot more threes, and Edwards is also having—he's kind of having a good year. So I definitely hold Edwards. I'm not sure if that is his his. I'm not sure if the 12-man league is the uh, the league with the, the tilted scoring. Um, but I guess if you're playing in just a, a typical league, like we're probably not dumping 
Anthony Edwards any at this point? Are we like Anthony Edwards as a hold? I certainly like Anthony Edwards. Um, I mean, Cousins has been having a great season, but there's no guarantee he goes to a situation where he is um, equally utilized. So, you know, the, the Hornets were, or excuse me, the Hornets, the Rockets, they both end with ET, K-E-T, or ETS, obviously. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the Rockets were desperate for big men. Um, I don't know. There, there's not a lot of teams that fit that mold. So I don't know if Cousins is walking into a situation where he's scoring 25 fantasy points a game. And then Aiden did say that it's, it's a normal ESPN scoring format. So I think, and also too, like DeMarcus Cousins' value has been lifted because of the absence of Christian Wood. Um, so if anything right now, I, I mean, I'm, I just filtered my last seven days, so he's got a massive game here that counts. But if we do the last 15 days, these guys are pretty much dead even. And I just think in terms of, yes, like Cousins could be traded, but he could also be traded to somewhere where his, you know, his, his value doesn't grow that much maybe. Whereas Anthony Edwards, we still think there's room for him to grow as, again, as the season gets younger and a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves, they're just going to continue to feed Anthony Edwards minutes and uh, basically get him prepared for the 2022 season. So I think we're going to keep Anthony Edwards, uh, but I guess in a typical league, I, I think DeMarcus Cousins should be owned. So like if, if you have anybody else, like if his worst player is Anthony Edwards, so his team must be doing pretty good. Um uh, but dang. Yeah, I, I think I think Edwards is on the come up, and I think Cousins is is likely going to a situation that's probably worse for him, stati- like statistically on the court, performance wise. I think he's, you know, maybe going to a playoff team. So who knows? And then he, uh, Aiden, just added, "What do you think about Darius Garland?" So I'm assuming Darius Garland's also potentially one of the worst players on his team. I still, again, I still really like Darius Garland. I think the Cavs also really like him. You see the minutes; like he's a guy that they want to have on the floor and it kind of fits the narrative I've been talking about is like it seemed like the Cavaliers, they'll be lucky to make the playoffs. They're just going to continue to play their, their young guards and uh, a guy like Garland. I, I think I'd rather, I'd rather just play with the, uh, I don't know, the consistency of the minutes, the scoring, I, I feel safer with Garland, whereas it was cousins. I mean, what, like what's the ideal landing spot for DeMarcus cousins, like for his value fantasy value, just to be like insanely, you know, just take off like in a huge way. Like, is there anything that comes to mind? First off, what if I told you everything you said about Darius Garland applies to Anthony Edwards, plus one additional, very important thing, which is draft capital. Yep. Um, but to answer your question, DeMarcus cousins, I think, um, I think fits in so many interesting places now, if the, did they did they are they cutting Cousins or are they trying to trade him? The rumor was they're trying to move him. Was that I thought it was you that said that in our chat on the side? Because but- here it said yeah. So I might have said that a couple of days ago, but yeah, they've they've released. Yeah, I, I think I saw this tweet earlier today. They released Cousins, so um, so he's available. I don't necessarily know you know who can afford to pay him off the top of my head more than a veteran minimum contract. Um, so I don't know if money has any part to play here, but teams that could use a guy like Cousins, I think the Bucks could. I think the Bucks could easily um, use him. Uh, we need some some backup bigs. Um, I think the Lakers maybe could use him. You know, kind of filling in for Anthony Davis right now, and and also kind of like a, you know, if something if if Marcus or or Anthony Davis or um, 
Montrez Harold break down in the playoffs, it'd be nice to have some insurance. Mm-hmm. So those are those are two teams off the top of my head, contenders that I think wouldn't mind having Anthony Davis around. I think the Blazers actually the Blazers come to mind. I know they're relying on Ennis Cantor constantly, and 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 while Cantor has been way more productive and solid than anyone gives him credit for, um, he's also injury prone. And um, and if he's your only center, um, just coming back here. There's been no news on him, um, but he, this is an oft injured player here in Joseph Nurkic. But I have two other dark horse teams for you. Uh, while I switch to the NBA standings, uh, how do you feel about like the Toronto Raptors finally getting a center here as the five seed? They add a guy like Cousins. I don't know if they have the cap to do it. Uh, but he's a fringe starter for that. Like he would probably be starting for them at some point uh, if they do add him. And then of course there's the New York Knicks. Uh, I, I don't know what the report is on Mitchell Robinson, but he's got that fractured hand. The Knicks are, they're trying to make the playoffs. So like that's, that, that to me uh, doesn't seem so bad. What do we got for four? What's the four, four week, four weeks for Robinson two weeks ago was, is what I know because I picked up Robinson maybe one week ago, but I picked up Robinson uh, once I saw the four week thing. So initially, and that was, and that was a week ago, February 16th. And it, it was initially a four to six week timetable. His last game was on the 13th. So that's what three weeks more in February, essentially. Um, so as soon as the, uh, the second half of the season starts, like right after all-star break, he should be Mitchell Robinson should be ready to roll. Uh, that's kind of my thought. Yeah. Maybe ease back in during that first week. So I like that. Uh, Mitchell Robinson too. If, if, if we may, uh, so we're kind of hitting on players that were potentially injured. That might be worth a pickup and his, I mean, his stock has dropped a little bit. It's under 64% owned. And John was able to snag Mitchell Robinson when someone in our league cut him. So this is a savvy move. This is a, uh, he's, he's kind of inconsistent, but he's another guy that gets uh, consistent minutes and you just kind of, kind of, ride the highs and the lows. This guy's a rebounding freak. He can get steals and blocks uh, very easily. So Mitchell Robinson, uh, definitely check your league and see if he is available. But uh, I'm trying to remember where we were before we got in this conversation. I guess talking about uh, teams that could use um... – which center were we talking about? Oh, Demarcus Cousins. Yeah. So, so I think I think the I think the Raptors make a lot of sense. You know, I I always think the the Celtics could use another center. Um, even even if they love Thompson and Robert Williams and 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 um, uh, who's their the white center they have? Oh my gosh, he's um. Wow, I can't. He, I'm totally drawing a blank. I can picture him in, in my eyes. I know the tattoos on his arms. I can't say his name. Um, but uh, yeah, those two teams I think could use a center, and um, and and that's just the East. We didn't even look at the West yet. <laughs> you know, I mentioned I mentioned the Lakers. I mentioned the Blazers. Um, the, the the Mavericks. The Mavericks could use him as a good insurance to uh, to Kristaps, who always breaks down. Why not? Why not Golden State? I mean, because he was there before, and maybe, maybe that, that that you know, it just didn't work out for either side. Hmm. But but why not? I don't know. He 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 would fit there really nicely. They could use him. And I just think, like, if you're cousins, like, you're not going to a team that has no chance to make the playoffs, right? Like, you, you need to go to a contender. That's why I, the Knicks are interesting. Like, even if he's you know a semi uh, a role player, he can be the sixth or seventh guy there for Mitchell Robinson. But I think his best shot for starting minutes is going to be Toronto or 
I mean, as long as Cantor's playing healthy, he's going to be the backup to Cantor. But the Trailblazers, I think that could be a fun uh, ride to hitch yourself to. So those are probably the two best names to keep an eye on. But I like that. I, I, and we, we save the best for last like we always do. For the people who, who wait through our jabbering and our yammering, the Brooklyn Nets, Kyle, all they have is DeAndre Jordan, and, and then they're throwing James Harden in that center and Jeff Green. Um, and to be fair to both of them, they're, they've, they've not been – the worst at it, but um, they literally just have uh, DeAndre Jordan and they absolutely could use some insurance or just a guy who can play 20 to 30 minutes a night right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, those uh, Nets, Raptors, Blazers, Lakers, those, those probably some of the best teams to keep an eye on there. Uh, and I think you mentioned the Clippers, like, could he be a rotational player on the Clippers? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. I think so. I mean, and, and he great. And another, and another kind of piece that needs insurance, Ibaka. I mean, I'm not trying to talk disrespect about some of these players I'm bringing up. It's just, they're either old, they're either injury prone and some of them are both. So, um, yeah, I mean, about you would, you definitely would love a little bit of Ibaka insurance if you could get some. And I just think that any team that's looking to make a serious, you know, deep run into the playoffs, like why not kick the tires and just say, Hey, let, let's just, let's just kind of work him into the rotation and see what he's got. It's, it's, you know, you don't really get too many DeMarcus cousins hitting the wire very often. So it's, it's worth a look. Uh, but cousins think- is playing well right now. I mean, he, uh, you, we, you notice we mentioned a lot of teams. I mean, who could, who couldn't he help? I'm sorry. There's a, there's a siren coming by. I'm just going to mute my, myself for a minute. All right, no problem. But uh, before, um, I guess we're talking about Cousins, but I did just see Aiden put up a good question here. Have you seen this Saban Lee? Because I noticed uh, in our fellowship league, Jesse, uh, happy birthday, Jesse, by the way, if you're listening or or watching this some other time. Uh, Happy birthday to Blake, by the way, too. Blake and Jesse, same birthday, the same day. Happy birthday, Jesse. Happy happy birthday, Blake. Love you guys. Um, Enjoy your old age. But uh, I see Jesse... Uh, go out here and add Saban Lee. Uh, and I'm like, like, who is this Saban Lee? And I go and look, and of course, he popped off for 32 points here. He had 33 minutes, uh, but 12 points, four rebounds, five assists, three steals, just filling it out. He's playing Orlando right now, and he's already he's already kind of holding his own here. He's got 17.25 points. Have you heard of this Saban Lee? Can you ent- can, do you have any information to offer uh, here? Is this just Detroit kind of like maybe just striking something here off the G League? Uh, no, I have no idea who this player is, but he's productive in his minutes so far. So that's exciting to see. Any thoughts? I am a hundred percent speechless. I've never heard of this gentleman before and good for you, Saban. Um, I hope you, uh, keep it up. And, uh, I, I, if, if you do, I guarantee I will learn your name. So he played at Vanderbilt. Uh, he's 21 years old. It looks like he was a round two pick number 38 overall. So it's not like he's yeah, you know that's that's pretty good investment early, you know, second round pick there, and he's just he's been on the Pistons. He hasn't been anywhere else, and this uh, is his second year in the league, I believe. So I don't know, someone to keep an eye on. Definitely add him to your watch list. We'll, we'll do that for sure. Saban Lee though, it looks like he's playing really well. I want to check out the the score. So they're they're they have the whole fourth quarter here yet, and it looks like he was a starter tonight. Uh, no, he was one of the first guys off the bench. It looks like. Uh, but Sadiq Bay continues to uh, to get the starts there. I like I like seeing this. Uh, what do you think about that Sadiq Bay stat line to start a game? Eight and eight. 
that sounds like a floor, you know, going forward. And then the bonus points happen, like when he when he has a game where he just you know, he hits like you know 15, 16 points, and he gets his you know regular rebounds. Should we look at Sadiq Bay real quick? I always want to look at Sadiq Bay. He's uh, his stats at least. Uh, the way I said it before sounded a little weird. So uh, we kind of hit this trend when he was hitting that 45 and a half, the 36 game, but he's starting to build a solid floor here. He's got 27 and a half points tonight. Currently he's got eight points, eight boards, two assists, two steals, but the last couple games, 24.25 points, 17.75 and 27. Like if, if you can get this as your worst player, I'm all for it. This is great. This is great again. And this is kind of the narrative that I've been talking about. These are the players that I'm really excited about. It's those young rookie second year players that, they got nothing to lose the second half of the season. Like these guys are getting like, look at his minutes, like 25, 30, 32, 32. This is going to be consistent the rest of the way. He's not going to be uh, just kind of tossed to the side here. This is a player the Pistons want to uh, get involved here. So Sadiq Bay, like how excited are you about seeing Sadiq Bay finally start to put it together? Very excited. He was one of my favorite rookies. I was, um, you know, you guys know I was really, really slurping that Killian Hayes Kool-Aid. Um, to start the year, but Sadiq Bay was very excited for him. Um, I wasn't as low on Isaiah Stewart. I didn't love that pick, but I wasn't as low on it as some people I saw. Um, and I think they, I think they have a lot of interesting young pieces. Um, Bay is at this point maybe their most interesting. And then I, I want to just, I'm going to go to Detroit, just looking at their fantasy players. Do we know when Killian Hayes is expected back? Is he somebody again that, that it's it, it just fits this narrative that I have of wanting players who are going to just continue to see minutes and, and ramp up their playing time? Um, so Killian Hayes here. Let's see what he's got for news updates. No news updates on Mr. Killian Hayes. So let's do a little Google search. He got injured like that second week, right? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. I think he got. It was mid-January. It was mid-January, and he was ruled out for eight weeks. So that puts him out two months. And it was the end of January. It said suffered injury on January fourth. So my bad. The beginning of January. So that puts us. No, to- but I mean the game. You're right, Kyle, because the seasons. Here you go. This is. Um, he's going to be ready for the All Star after the All Star break. If that's eight weeks with a hip injury, and you put him out two months from there, that means March fourth. So after the All Star break, we're going to see Killian Hayes uh, back in the lineup for our uh, Detroit Pistons and he's under 8% owned. If you have a IR spot, you can hold the, you can kind of hold the fort down for the next two weeks. I can see the mind turning in, in John right now. He's, he's thinking about going to do this, but Killian Hayes will be back after the all-star break. So this is someone, uh, especially if you play in 12 mans or 14 man leagues, uh, keep an eye on here. Cause it, it's just, these players are going to continue to get more and more play time down the stretch. And uh, Detroit's got the youth movement going forward, so he's going to get his. But what are your thoughts, John? I'm sorry. I literally couldn't contain myself. Um, you – and the reason – it has nothing to do with Killian's stat line because it was it was pedestrian. It was quite boring, even when he was playing. And he was healthy by from everything I heard when he was playing. And it was only a small sample size, maybe six to eight games in there. Um, but it was it wasn't anything to write home about. Uh, he did not impress me that much. Um, now he's got a long career ahead of him, and I hope he and I'm, I'm feel pretty confident he'll he'll be a solid player. But um, definitely not the best first impression. Um, but Kyle, what I what I got geeking out about was you said two weeks. 
Uh, he got injured within the first two weeks. And I saw January 4th. I was like, oh, hell no. No, that's way too deep in the season. But the season started at Christmas. Wow. I mean, that's the first two weeks of the season. You're spot on, dude. You're spot on. Um, and sorry, that's what I was geeking out about. <laughs> no, I just I just remembered that uh, we had a late start this year. And I, I thought it was mid-January, so I guess. But it was technically he missed, like, the first he was there for the first eight games and maybe the first I'm looking here, maybe the first eight or 10 games, but in those games, only 21 minutes per game, 4.6 points, 1.1 boards, 3.6 assists. Now, again, he's just getting his rookie legs under him here. He was behind Derek Rose at the time. He wasn't getting starter minutes, I believe. So, uh, but again, I can guarantee you this is a player that they're going to want to get ramped up down the stretch. Uh, But maybe this Saban Lee guy, maybe this Saban Lee just takes off and says, I don't know. Let's let's see what's going on here and, and keep getting some play time. But definitely someone to watch. That's how we got to this point where we're talking about this. Uh, but I don't know. We're kind of on a good thread here of players that are injured. Should we maybe look at that list one more time and just see if anybody else sticks out? Absolutely. Why not? Um, we're going to click on IR eligible. We'll see if, who is available. And we're going to filter by percent rostered. Um, so, I mean, Drummond, Christian Wood, um, DeMar DeRozan, Drew Holiday. I, th- I still think Drew Holiday is a good trade by low candidate right now. He's been out with COVID and it's been a while. Like it's been since February 8th, which is today's the 23rd. So that's been 15 days. And I don't know if they're going to hold him out, you know, through the all-star break, but someone's probably frustrated with Drew Holiday. So it might be time to kick the tires on a guy like him. Um, to think anybody else here the Keldon Keldon Johnson could potentially be available in your league or like Aaron Gordon you know those two those two players could potentially be available in your league um and uh I would I wouldn't be afraid to pick them up now the the Spurs have their COVID protocols and stuff going on so I don't it sounds like they're playing tomorrow night if I remember correctly Johnson is in the league's health and safety protocols and will not be available for Wednesday's game against Thunder. So they are playing against the Thunder tomorrow night, but it doesn't sound like Johnson's going to play. Um, so if someone's dropping Keldon and you got those IR spots, definitely fill him in there. Uh, the other name, I mean, I like Laurie Markinen a lot. He had a shoulder injury, so um, they said he's he hasn't been cleared for on-court work yet. This was from, from yesterday. Uh, but he's getting more and more involved in the practice, I guess, in, in terms of just conditioning and stuff. And because it's a shoulder, like his conditioning should be fine. Um, so this is a guy that I look forward to getting back after the All-Star break. And then you mentioned Aaron Gordon. We still haven't seen Jaron Jackson Jr. yet. And I'm, I'm super excited for when Memphis gets him back, just because we've talked about Memphis and how many fantasy players that they have on their team. So I'm not sure. This was an update from a week ago. So there's still... You know, that midseason break between March 5th to 10th, uh, that's sometime after that. So he's going to be a guy returning after the All-Star break as well. We haven't heard any updates on Karis LeVert. Um, let me pull this up. He's closing in on a non, on a return to non-contact basketball activity. So he's still uh, a ways out, it seems. But maybe we see him at some point in the second half of the season. Uh, any other names stick out here for you, John? Um, not really for me. The the names that stick out, a lot of them are, are guys that I just I don't I don't want this year. I, you know, maybe maybe next year, but not this year. Um, mostly because of how long their injuries are. I'm a big Cole Anthony stan. I guess Cole Anthony sticks out to me a little bit. Um, and he's not super high rostered right now, so maybe he's very gettable. Um, uh, if you if you if you need some guard help for the stretch run, um, but uh, but beyond that, um. 
And Cole, no, I, th I think we've covered this pretty good. And I, I, I'd love to, I'd love to talk more about the All Stars if you, yeah. if you think about, if you want to. Yeah, we'll wrap up. I just have one more thought on Cole Anthony because it says he's out like until the All Star break. So, uh, in his place, I think Michael Carter Williams is starting. I just want to make sure that is correct here. Let me go to where is my Orlando Magic? Oh, it's right here. So, starting for the Orlando Magic, Michael Carter Williams tonight. Six rebounds, three assists, six points. So it's nothing flashy, but he is he's getting starter minutes. Let me just pull his name up real quick, and then we can get to the All-Stars. Um, so Michael Carter-Williams, in the last seven days, 30 minutes per game, 5.7 points, five boards, 5.7 assists. So this is looking like a player in a 12-man league that needs to be owned. You look at these floors here, and you know you're going to get, uh, again, March 3rd. That's the last game for the, the Orlando Magic. So you got another another 10 days of getting some Michael Carter William points. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, but all-star, all-star conversation. What do you got there, sir? So first, okay. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking us on a, on a joy ride here. Um, missed games. I finally, I think I, I think I'd extracted every ounce of information from the list. I'm going to read the, I'm going to read the teams that have three or more missed games. I think it's a list of five or six teams. And, and this is me just counting off of a list um, I, I, I could have made a mistake or two, but I tried, I tried really hard. Um, let me know when you're ready. Go ahead. Go for it. All right. So the, there's two teams that have five missed games so far that as far as I'm aware, have not been rescheduled. And those two teams are the Spurs and the Grizzlies. So the reason we wanted to talk about this is like, if you're making long-term decisions on your team and somehow you're deciding between player A and player B, and maybe for whatever reason, player A plays for the Spurs or the Grizzlies and player B does not. Lean. And you're thinking this is a long-term play for the rest of the season. Um, these two teams could potentially make up a large number of games and potentially then have X an advantage in the playoffs. They play more games. So um, just keep that in mind. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how useful that information is going to be, but I think we should keep it in mind. You said it was the Spurs and which other team? The Grizzlies. Both have five. The Grizzlies. So guys that are, I mean, really on the Spurs, like DeMar DeRozan and Deontay Murray, those are the most owned guys, well over 90%. But you're looking at Keldon Johnson, even LaMarcus Aldridge, Derek White. I think those three names need to be owned down the stretch. Like if they're available in your 12-man league, uh, definitely consider adding those guys. And then that other team here, Spurs and the Memphis Grizzlies. Let me filter by team here. Um, because we, we looked at the Grizzlies not too long ago, and they have a lot of fantasy-relevant players. Of course, John Morant, Jonas Valanciunas, Kyle Anderson. I think Brandon Clark, he's only 65% owned. That seems to me like a mistake. I know his numbers have been kind of soft lately, but the dude's averaging 27 points on the season. And then, of course, we talked about Jaron Jackson, who's got a high ownership. Dylan Brooks, like that's probably the cutoff here. Dylan Brooks is a, still a really good scorer, and he can easily be the worst player on your team for a 12-man league. So, more more games, please. Like if I can get more games out of these guys, that's that sounds great. Were there any teams that had four uh, postponements? No teams with four, but then there's a there's a a, a, a three way tie, or a four way tie for three games, okay. three missed games, and then the rest of the teams have two or one. Um, so the the four teams with three missed games include the Hornets, the Cavaliers, the Blazers, and the Wizards. Uh, those those teams have all missed three games this season. Um, 
again, that's just me counting. I, I, I might've made a mistake or two, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty close. Um, so those are teams that, you know, maybe not as exciting as the Grizzlies or the Spurs there, but, but still keep your, keep your eye on them. And, uh, I'm going to double down and say CJ McCollum, just say, Hey, what, go check out the CJ McCollum owner. Yeah. Always yeah. You're getting three extra games versus, you know, a team that's getting no extra games the rest of the way. And McCollum, he's going to be back maybe before the all-star break. So, uh, really good sign there. Uh, you mentioned the Charlotte Hornets. Let's take a peek at them. I don't know if there's anything that sticks out. I think they're pretty top heavy, but Miles Bridges, Cody Zeller, like some of these guys need to be picked up. Uh, even PJ Washington saw a dip in some numbers here. So there's, there's a lot of guys on those teams that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, but I don't know, man, any other final thoughts before we check out some of your top shot moments? Oh God. Um, uh, no more, no more fantasy basketball thoughts that are pressing. Um, we were going to talk about the All Stars, but we uh, we can talk about that with some of my top shot moments. <laughs> we can we can finalize. Well, we, we can kind of um, let's kind of preview that because the two moments we're going to be looking at are both All Star moments. Um, so I don't know which one you want to talk about. For do you, you want to talk about Jalen Brown first? Well, Jalen's just been having such a fantastic season. Um, maybe not necessarily like a super superstar fantasy season, but I think he's his his actual on the court performance is really exceeding his fantasy performance right now. Um, he just, he's just very much figured it out. And he's also an elite defender uh, on the wing. You know, there's just not many guys who can, who can play both sides of the ball um, as uh, efficiently and effectively as Jalen's able to do it. So I'm a big, big fan of Jalen. Um, he's, he's such a good number two. And, and he maybe could be a number one one day, but he's such a perfect number two for no matter what kind of number one you have, whether it's a big guy, a point guard, or in the, in the Celtics t- case, another wing, Tatum. So um, he, he just fits any system and any roster. And I'd like that. Um, I mean, the, the value for fantasy basketball this year on Jalen Brown, that's one of your league winners. I think also on this list is Julius Randle making the all-star team. So mm-hmm. that's exciting to see some of these young guys, you know, actually uh, have a career seasons and finally get into it. Zach Levine's another one. I don't know if he's having a career season. We can look at the numbers in a second, but uh, the ones that excite me the most, I think are Julius Randle and, and Jalen Brown and the Knicks and the Knicks are probably a playoff team this year. That's, that's, that's pretty uh, pretty exciting for New York Knicks fans. And then, of course, Zion, his first full season, he's going to be there. Uh, Brandon Ingram also could have been on this list, I think. Um, I'm trying to think of any other potential snubs, like even like SGA, Ingram, Devin Booker, any other names that come to mind that could have been. Like, did Chris Paul need an 11th All-Star appearance? I, I, that, that one kind of feels like like a player vote maybe. I'm not sure, or a fan vote. Yeah, I mean, Paul – Paul easily could be off the list. Um, is Booker a starter? No. So Booker did not make the team. Booker, here's your starters. Let me zoom out. Doncic, Jokic, and Leonard. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, of course. We just talked about this. Yeah, no way he would be a starter. But yeah, it's crazy. Booker did not make the All Star team, and someone on his team did. That is pretty hard to wrap your head around. But they decided one of the two had to make was going to make it. There was only room for one of the two. I guess that's fair. And somehow Paul snuck in. He's a he is the point god. To be fair, 
Um, but just, just straight up this season, no, I think Booker has been a much better player. And I just wanted to look for like all-star voting real quick. <clears throat> I don't know if I can see some of this. This is, um, see some stuff here. This is the Eastern Conference front court players. Got, like Jimmy Butler didn't make it. Bam Adebayo didn't make it. Uh, Sabonis, again, that was one of our, our snubs there. I thought Jeremy Grant could have been a guy that, you know, he, he potentially could have made his first NBA All-Star maybe next year. Uh, but those are, those are some of the top snubs there for the East, Eastern front court. If we look at the guards real quick, or is this, uh, this is more front court here? Uh, a lot of front court players here. So where is where is my back court? Oh. Ooh, that's a that's a different kind of back court right there. <laughs> here, here we go. The Eastern Conference guards. Um, so guys like Trey Young, like Trey Young missed the Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I think Fred Van Vliet can make a case. Even Kyle Lowry's been playing pretty well this year. Um, so those are probably the top names there. Uh, the NBA is just flush with elite talent. I mean, it's it's insane how how much top level talent there is in the league. You know, and not all these guys can just like lead a team into playoffs and win series, but but these guys are so damn good. I mean, you can make great cases for twenty guys in each conference, and that's awesome. That's so good for the state of the league. I think I think the NBA needs two more franchises one in each you know east one there's so many good players and the way that the g league has been performing like there's really good like this sabin lee like this guy probably was in the g league at some point and now he's putting up big numbers in the nba i think the the nba g league has been a really successful creation for them and i think there's enough players to go around that they can maybe support two more franchises one east one west uh just i don't know Three years ago, I would have disagreed with you, um, and and last year I would have had a hard time agreeing, just because it was still such a new thought to me. But but I'm I, I'm open to that now. I think you're spot on. The league has has evolved. Um, the three point shot has made you know entry into the league a little more accessible for a few more kinds and types of players, and it's just exploding. Basketball is moving in a very positive direction right now. It's it, in its worst. It's the second most popular sport on the planet. So, um, and, and right now it's it's moving in a in an upward direction. <laughs> the way it is, like you got veterans like Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, Demarcus Cousins. Like these guys don't have a team right now. Essentially, they're just kind of floating. Um, so I don't know. It's just a thought I've had. I've had conversations with Drake off the air, but like. I don't know. Like, I'd like to see basketball back in Seattle. I think maybe even like a, a Midwest team, yes. like St. Louis or even Iowa. Like, let's get let's get some more. Um, we need another Midwest team. I think the East and West are pretty well covered, uh, but I do think Seattle probably deserves a basketball team. Uh, I don't, I don't yeah, think Seattle is is option one, option A. Um, it's 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 the right choice, and and they deserve it. Um, so what's what's your what's your second choice? Because that's the one that's the most interesting. I, I have one for you that's gonna that you're gonna love, but you're not thinking of. As far as the city, yeah. Uh, better. But I want to hear yours first. I want to hear yours first. What's your preferred second choice for for what like conference, east or west? 
It doesn't matter because another thing they've talked about a lot is moving the potentially moving the Grizzlies to the Eastern Conference. So you could add two two teams out west. You could theoretically add a team out east and move someone. I mean, it's doing it in the east is a little more tricky, but you could do it. Okay, so I think I I definitely think the Midwest needs a team, whether it's in St. Louis. I also think a team can work in like like Iowa or or something kind of in that Midwestern area. I'm thinking of another spot here. I do like Seattle quite a bit. Um, I'm just going to look at like a, a, a stupid USA map here, real quick, just to like kind of think of a map of NBA teams, NBA map uh, teams. Let me see if I can pull this up here. All right, before you pull up, before you pull up this map, I want to give you my choice. Okay. Because I don't want people to think it was influenced by the map. Um, Las Vegas. Oh yes, how did I? Uh, how did that one slip my mind? That, that's that's because you're a, you're a well-behaved man. <laughs> that's the, and then essentially here too is if if you move the Grizzlies to the east, yep, it, or even the Pelicans, you could do that with the Pelicans too. Hmm. Well, why is Minnesota in the west? <laughs> You could do it. Yeah, actually, Minnesota. Minnesota's in the same conference as the Blazers um, and the Jazz and the Nuggets. So they have they have, they have the most travel all year. So yeah, you could move if you, especially if you added Seattle, you could add Seattle to that Portland division, um, the Pacific, the or the Northwest, I believe, and then move Minnesota to the Central, and and that just makes all sorts of sense. So I, I really think like Missouri could use that, like St. Louis, and they lost their football team. Uh, I think basketball could be supported in St. Louis. Um, Seattle, Las Vegas is such a good one. Um, I don't know if they can if they could do a team in Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think they could. I don't. I don't, I don't think the NBA. I, I think they could. I don't think the NBA would want that though. No, um, but I definitely think it's like Iowa, Missouri, somewhere in that region. But I, I just think St. Louis is probably the town to host one. Uh, and then I also think Kentucky could maybe get one if Memphis. If you've heard Memphis wants to move, no, no, no. I, I, I've heard people on the internet say, "Hey, you could just easily move the Grizzlies or the Pelicans to the Eastern Conference." And and you know just and and, and I've had the thought about you know the Timberwolves. You know, most Minnesota teams are in the same division as teams in like Chicago and, and Wisconsin, and and that just makes sense too. So um, yeah, you could easily. Um, you know, the NBA, that, I mean, that's the kind of restructuring they'd have to think about because the West makes sense from uh, just from all sorts of perspectives to drop a bunch of teams into. Um, and also like, like, like Canada is an interesting option. Like maybe something like Montreal or another, or bring in Vancouver basketball back. Vancouver. Um, I've heard, I've heard a lot of that talk too. So. Okay. I just, I, it's, it's an exciting thought process to try to figure out what uh, potential could happen in the NBA, but I just think there's potential and as more and more people get excited about the NBA. Uh, but anyways, I wanted to go look up uh, John's Top Shot collection real quick, and we'll let you kind of gush about some of the moments that you have. Uh, you got two moments that I think are worth talking about here. So we're going to pull up the um, – where am I? Moments. And you got – so do you want to talk about Giannis or Jalen Brown first? Um. We could start with uh, we'll we'll go Giannis. That sounds great. So so this is a moment that is um, really interesting to me. Um, 
So it's 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 the bubble, which I think is just unique. Um, it's a it's a classic Giannis Eurostep dunk through the wall over multiple bodies or through multiple bodies. He dunked on just one person. Um, it's just a cool play. I love this play. It's 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 also a super stereotypical Giannis play because he has probably at this point. 30, 50 plays in his catalog that look and smell kind of like this. Um, but I just, I love when he dominates other NBA players like this. And then the last, the cherry on top for me, um, his jersey number is in the serial number. It's yep. not, it's not the ideal situation, um, but it's in there. Um, so that's always fun too. And then I was going to say the dunks on Vucevic, Vucevic, Vucevic. It's uh, you see number nine there with the little cameo. He dunks on Vucevic. I don't know, remember which game this was. I'm assuming it was game two or three, uh, but it's a playoff moment. Pretty cool dunk. Only 499 in circulation, and like you said, number 341. You got the number in the name there, and it's also too. I think this is gonna again. It's MVP moves. This is his MVP season. Um, so I think that's a little extra seasoning. Uh, as this card grows in value down the line, so that again, do you want to say how much you purchased that for, and, and how much it's 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 is it tripled? Is you know what's what's the value gone up since you you purchased? Um, sure. So I, I bought it. Um, so I was talking about going in with it on, with a friend. Actually, we we were at seven hundred fifty. We were looking at it. We we're looking really really hard, and we we're talking about co investing in it. Um, my friend backed out. The next morning I woke up and it was at eight, 820. And I said to myself, I, I need to buy this right now. And so I bought it. And um, two days ago, it was at just a shade over 4,000. I think today it's just a shade under uh, 3,000. So it's, 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 um, it, it's kind of peaked and it's on the way down a little bit, but I'm still very confident in it's, um, in its value over time it's it, so so the low is right at three thousand. i checked earlier today and it was just slightly below three and which what that means is someone probably bought that one <laughs> so you can't be mad with that you essentially almost four extra money already um yeah oh yeah absolutely it's a it's an exciting moment and i think it's got room to grow i also think it's your fandom being a Giannis and a bucks fan too um, that adds more value for you. And that, that's what's cool about Top Shot is you can get into some of these moments, whether you like the team or the player, like it, it, that's part of it too. Not only is it, is it worth money, but it's also a, a pretty important play in one of your favorite teams. Uh, but now this Jalen Brown uh, dunk, what can you tell me about this one? He supermans it. I mean, he, he, he kind of supermans it. It's uh, it's a pretty it's a classic attempt at the the MJ even you know just that Superman style dunk where they just or the Jordan style I guess is probably the more appropriate way to say that especially in basketball terms where they spread the legs go up and just one hand the the, the bitch excuse me mom and dad um, but it's uh, it's a, such a fun play it's in the bubble which I you know I, for whatever reason I just think these bubble moments are going to be near and dear to to the people who got into top shot at the beginning and also the people with the, the top shot with the dapper funds. Let me put it that way. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I like this play. I, I think so fresh is my favorite series that I've, I've at least like that's been titled. Um, I just love, I love the word fresh. And so um, I love Jalen Brown. Um, 
It's a fun play. And this is a moment I'm co-investing. I, I co-invested in with a friend. Happy birthday, Jesse. Uh, hope you're watching. Hope you're enjoying me uh, gush about um, our favorite, the, my favorite co-investment with you. <laughs> uh, the shoes, man. The shoes just make everything uh, perfect. Just the lime, the minty. minty. <laughs> so so fresh. Yeah, just a hint of lime, Kyle. <laughs> so I don't know. Pretty cool. Pretty cool card. Uh, but I don't know. Any other final thoughts here before we get out of here tonight? Can we can we see one of your Top Shot moments? Can we see can we see your your baby your 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 uh, your favorites and um and 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 before we get there, tell us why it's uh, the Kevin Herter. <laughs> well, that's that's one of them. That's been one of the ones that like I, I handpicked that was technically a, a pretty good value at the moment. Um, but I like that one. But I kind of I, I tr moved and wheeled and dealed some dunks. I have a few for sale here. This Norman Powell one. I have a weird soft spot for Raptors. Norman Powell, OG Ananobi. Uh, I, I really like the Raptors. That one's probably my most valuable card. Uh, but we'll, we'll 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 take a look at this Kevin Herter moment because we're both co-owners of it. Definitely not a huge moment. It's just a base set series one. Uh, but there's only you know 2,700 of these made. But this is also a game-winning shot here by Kevin Herter. Uh, there's still five seconds left here, but that was the game-winning shot here. Uh, the nice behind-the-back pass from Trey Young is also in it too, so that's you know part of an assist moment. And just a, a young – like I could see Kevin Herter having a really long, healthy career being a three-point shooter in the league. Uh, it's not going to surprise me if we see him pop off for some 50-point game one night and the value of this card just you know doubles overnight or something. Um so it, what, it was $40 at the time we bought it. It's, it's probably over $200 at the moment. So um, I don't know. It's just a cool, cool piece of history. And uh, this was from 2020 season. So there's fans there, obviously. Um, I don't know. Just I, th I think it's just a really sweet moment, game-winning shot. Why not uh, take a shot on it? But yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, of all the, the the series one, just base set, just straight up series ones. It's one of the lowest, like, to, um, not not necessarily the serial number we own, but the 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 edition serial number, the the upper limit of the edition, you know, under three thousand is a pretty pretty low. I don't know. I think that's kind of small, especially when there's just all sorts of moments with fifteen and twelve thousand total out there in circulation. So I, this is a moment that was immediately perked my interest when you told me about it and um you know you can sometimes you can find gems like this if you're if you're just kind of paying attention to the marketplace so um you know i uh it's it's just due diligence if, if we fast forward a year from now and we see how many moments and how many things are on top shot all of a sudden this card that has only 27 67 you know total in circulation like there's going to be cards with like 25k 30 some you know there might even be cards with 40 or 50k in circulation so i think this one's going to continue to get more rare and rare and that's kind of what i'm looking for any card under you know under 3000 4000 5000 total in circulation i think those are that's probably where the best place to put your money into the market right now and then i guess so technically again my favorite moment right now is this this norman powell dunk uh, and it's it's from the hometown showdown Cali versus New, uh, New York series. I got number 205 of 1,000. And the dude's going to dunk on Andre Drummond here back when he was with the Pistons. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm a normal uh, fan, so added value to me. But uh, I don't know. I think it's just a cool moment here. Um, 
That is a good one. That's a great one. Drummond is. Uh, we we always gush about Drummond's defensive abilities too. That's a that's a nice uh, poster to get. Yeah, and again, there's only a thousand of these in print, and um, some of the top sales are, are pretty nice. There's not too many of these, so I like this this one to grow quite a bit. So that's probably my favorite and best moment on Top Shot. But I don't know. I opened up. Uh, I opened up Jason Tatum, Kobe White last night, so that was pretty cool. The Kobe White too was like number nine oh something, nine twenty four or something. Um, so. I don't know. Did you did you reach out to Kobe via socials yet? And be like, hey man, could I do you want me to if you come on my podcast, I'll give I'll gift you your moment. Oh, I didn't do that. I just I just uh, I, I did uh just I tweeted out the moment and just attached his name to it. So nothing nothing happened, but I don't know. He he's seen it. He's seen it at least, I would think. But I don't know, man. I just I want more packs. I want more packs and I want more packs pretty much it um same and i think we were talking off the air we're gonna we're gonna probably do some pack opening things in the future here so when we do get that next pack hopefully it's the the bring it back pack right is that the one that uh, run it back run it back so some old school moments hopefully we can get our hands on those packs but we will get into some of those but i don't know man any other final thoughts or those we'll get out of here um i i didn't think we needed the top shot podcast but i guess we do i mean it's at, the, at this point i can talk about that just as long as i could talk about basketball so um it, it has it just it, for the for the people if you are not aware it has arrived and um you know i i we, this is not a financial advice podcast but i definitely encourage you to do what you want Right. And uh, I don't know. Check it out. I got a referral link in the description below. Check it out. If you guys are interested in NBA Top Shot, check out some of the other videos I've made the last few five days. There's a bunch out there. But we're going to get out of here. we got basketball to watch. Enjoy the rest of your evening, John. You guys have a good rest of your night as well. Thanks for hanging out. Peace.